Thanks to Casper for sponsoring this episode of Market Foolery. For $50 off any mattress, go to casper.com slash fool and enter the promo code fool. It's Tuesday, September 5th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Stock Advisor Canada, Taylor Muckerman. How was your long weekend? It's pretty good. Wedding celebration and uh, some cookouts. Nice. Yeah. Well, it wasn't your wedding celebration. No, no it was not. Uh, buddy got married up in uh, Williamsport, PA, so I got to tour the Little League uh, World Series facilities up there. Nice. Yeah. Take a few swings? I wanted to. <laughs> How about you? Uh, had a bunch of family in town. It was my father-in-law's 85th birthday. Wow. Congrats so, to him. Yeah. Longevity. Fantastic. Uh, it is a short week for us because, obviously, the market was closed on Labor Day. This is, as I indicated last week, this is Mistakes Were Made week. Every month on Industry Focus, and if you haven't checked out the the bonus episode of Industry Focus, uh, which is the other daily podcast from The Motley Fool, highly recommend it. I listened to it over the weekend. It's a great, it's essentially a primer for that podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, all five of the hosts were in the studio, talked about a bunch of stocks, a bunch of things they're going to be watching this fall. But every month on Industry Focus, they have a theme week. And in August, the theme that they did was about mistakes that they had made. Mm-hmm. And the response that they got was so positive. And part of the response was, hey, Market Foolery, would you guys do that? And so I said, sure, but we're going to pick the short week to do that. So here we are. <laughs> so here we are. Listing our mistakes. Um, but we, we're going to start today with the biggest aerospace deal ever, which is United Technologies buying defense contractor Rockwell Collins. It is a cash and stock deal. Worth twenty three billion dollars. First question for you is: What did you think when you saw this news? Yeah, this is a big splash. Um, last year, you saw Honeywell try to acquire United Technologies. That deal failed due to regulators uh, thinking a little too much overlap there and creating too much of a strong company. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what how they view this deal. There's not as much overlap, if any, between these two companies. So uh, certainly, uh, signs point to this moving forward. But yeah, United Technologies taking on an estimated additional $8.4 billion in aerospace and defense revenue from Walkwell Collins. And uh, the big news for this one is the, the avionics division of Rockwell Collins. It's a niche, and, and they're the global leader, putting over a billion dollars a year into R&D spending. And uh, over 3,000 engineers focused on this. So um, I, I think it's a, a very sound deal for United Technologies and certainly creates uh, a leader with about forty billion in annual revenue now. Yeah, for those who, uh, you know, United Technologies is one of those generic-sounding names, mm-hmm. but I think that when you look at the businesses that they own, they are there are a bunch of businesses that everyday consumers would encounter. Otis Elevators, yeah. uh, Carrier Air Conditioners. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, so this is very a, diverse. Very diverse. Yep. It's a ninety billion dollar company. I thought it was interesting that they came out r- right out of the gate and said. Uh, because I think they were sort of anticipating questions, particularly around the financing of mm-hmm. this deal, and they came right out and said, "We're not spinning anything off right. to finance this deal, and we don't we don't feel like we need to either from our own financial pressure or from any sort of antitrust issues." Yeah, no, they've got a very strong credit rating across the board. Um, they will be taking on about fourteen billion in additional cash to fund this debt because, or to fund this deal, because about two thirds of the the buyout price will be funded in cash. The remaining third will be equity. Um, so you've got that that to take on. So they're going to probably suspend any share buybacks 
but they're going to continue the dividend policy as usual. Um, so yeah, certainly seems to be a good deal. And one concern that I think some investors out there had was they've had some issues with their Pratt, Whit- Pratt and Whitney engine line, and uh, so seeing how management balances their attention between this acquisition and getting that Pratt & Whitney engine line back up and running uh, up to spec with customer expectations. Uh, production problems? Production or? problems, yeah. Okay. They're, they're a little bit behind, uh, so they've got to ramp production up in the back half of this year and into 2018. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how they balance that. And Rockwell Collins' shares are not spiking on this news, unlike other recent mergers or acquisitions that we've seen, where our stock is up 20%, mm-hmm. 30%. So, it's, it's up I don't know, like less than one percent today. But if you look at how it's done year to date, mm-hmm. it's up forty-two percent. Well, yeah, it seems like there might have been a little bit of a leak a couple months back about the potential for this deal. So shares did spike um, back in uh, early August, I believe, and uh, so a lot of the prices that I've seen quoted here are twenty-five percent above pre-leak. Price, so that is a decent, um, uh, you know, premium valuation here that they've that they've given the company. But according to the share price last week, it doesn't appear that way. One of the questions we get from time to time is about idea generation. Mm-hmm. How do you find stocks? That sort of thing. I think Rockwell Collins is a great example of um, of ways that you can put research to work for you. And one of the tools I like to use is Google Finance. And one of the things I like about Google Finance is it doesn't matter which stock you quote. Uh, Part of the data that is pulled up on that initial screen is competitors. Mm -hmm. And that's just a great way to just, just type in some Monstrosity of a company like United Technologies, and you'll you'll invariably end up finding a bunch of other companies that you haven't Absolutely, heard of. Absolutely, yeah. Rockwell Collins might be one of the biggest companies that I've never heard of before today, and it's a twenty-one billion dollar company. Yeah, and it's a leader in its in its division. About seventy-five percent when the companies combine, it'll be about seventy-five percent commercial, twenty-five percent military. Um, so, looking to potentially gain if uh, if the Trump administration does boost military spending like they hope to. So, um, certainly, uh, Rockwell Collins itself, all things are clicking right now for them, and they've got a lot of long-term contracts uh, out into the mid twenty twenty. So, great visibility on the revenue side, and uh, just a leader in R and D and technology. All right, before we move on, I want to say thanks to Casper. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses at a fraction of the cost. It's made of supportive memory foams for a sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Plus, it's breathable design, sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature through the night. And that's important, particularly if you're sharing a bed with someone, because I'm not going to name names, but. It, it's entirely possible that you could be sharing a bed with someone whose body temperature operates at a different level of yours Absolutely. at night. So that's important. Buying Casper is easy. You order online, it's delivered right to your door in a compact box, free shipping, free returns, and that's why Casper gives you 100 nights to try it out. If it's not for you, you just return it for free. I said this the other day, a bunch of people here at The Fool have Casper mattresses. They love them. And you can save an additional $50 towards a mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash fool and entering the promo code fool. It's available in the US, Canada, and now in the UK. Casper.com slash fool, use the promo code fool. Terms and conditions apply. I'm just realizing now that because it's Mistakes Were Made Week and I'm going to be hosting a couple of these episodes, I'm on the hook for more than one mistake. <laughs> so I'm going to let you go first, just in terms of an investing thesis that you had that didn't really pan out and what you learned from it. Yeah, well, mine is kind of like a little bit more broad. I've 
I've continued to invest in my 401k through like mutual funds and ETFs, but over the last year or so, kind of avoided really diving into individual stocks uh, as much as I had in the previous years. You know, a little wary about the market running up all-time highs continuously. Um, and that, looking back at my watch list that I've been building over the years from uh, Fool.com recommendations and specifically some of these on here from Eric Bleeker that I just totally regret um, not continually investing over time like we preach. I kind of got caught up in um, thinking that the market might be too hot, just letting my retirement account do the do the investing for me. But um, got to get back in the stock game because some of these winners over just a few short months or even over a year, you know, you've got uh, Nvidia. Up on my watch list, almost 300%. Uh, Universal Display Corp, OLED, up over 100%. Cognex, up over 200%. Some big misses here. I, I, I take solace in the fact that David Gardner himself, no less an investor than David Gardner, has talked about um, when something's on your watch list and you haven't pulled the trigger yet and you're watching it go up and how. Um, and this is this is me saying this, not David. But mm-hmm. that, like, in some ways, if that's not the toughest time to buy, <laughs> yeah, emotion-wise, it's certainly on the short list yeah. when you see something just sort of ticking up, ticking, and you're like, I should buy, you know, because everything in your gut says, no, I, I, I got to get a better price. And especially with some of these companies that I've named, the earnings come out and they're up fifteen percent. So you're like, oh man, well, I totally missed that. Maybe it'll pull back. Nope, not a chance. Strong companies continue to rise. And uh, my watch list is proof of that. Um, I will. I have a more specific example that I'll share in a second. But just what you, you talked about working with Eric Bleeker, yeah. and and one of the things I've talked about before is uh, talking to people like Jeff Fisher and Bill Mann, and hearing them talk about a given company mm-hmm. and and how much they love it and why they love it, and how much room that company has to run, mm-hmm. even though it is, if not the market leader in its industry, it is. Among the market leaders, and in both of those cases, I've just sort of smiled and nodded and thought, "Well, that's interesting," and never pulled the trigger. Yeah, I mean, they know those companies inside and out, and here we are, you know, kind of just like, "Oh, that's interesting." In, yeah. um, in my case, it was uh, it was Chipotle. Ah, I'm um, on that not, bandwagon. Not buying Chipotle. I, I felt good about buying Chipotle, and I think it was 2013. But in in December, and and I bought it around like 320, 315, mm-hmm. something like that. By the way, that's where it is today. Yeah. It's, it's in the 300 teens. But when they had their problems in December 2015, it was still trading around 550 dollars a share, and. I remember because my adult professional life has mm-hmm. been in the realm of communications, uh, it is something that I put a premium on, and I, I do think is important. And there are still great companies with that have rewarded shareholders that aren't great at communicating. But I think that particularly in times of crisis, that piece of it is very important. Mm-hmm. You need other things to sort of follow it up with. But I think that. In the moment, crisis communications is very important, and I remember watching Stephen Ells and Monty Moran, who were at the time co-CEOs. I remember watching them. I think it was on CBS this morning, and I just kept shaking my head. They were just botching it. They yeah. were completely botching the way that they were talking about the health crisis, the the degree to which they did not take responsibility. Really bothered me, and in hindsight, that was the time I should have just said, "You know what? I'm out." Yeah, they just—it wasn't their forte. It was, it was like remind me a little bit of how Uber's handled some of their PR gaffes. Yes. in terms of like just, have you done this before? Are you you probably shouldn't be doing this ever again? And not every CEO needs to like. I don't expect every 
business leader to be great sure. at all things. But if you can recognize what you're not great mm-hmm. at and bring in people and listen to them, I don't expect Els and Moran to be amazing communicators. Yeah, right. I do expect them to hire them. Or even the board step in and say, you guys shouldn't be on camera ever <laughs> again. <laughs> Let's never do this again. <laughs> Um, so I'm still holding on to those shares. Yeah, I still so. haven't decided what to do. I, I'm, I'm torn, frankly, because mm-hmm. there are times when I think to myself, kind of like we saw with McDonald's when Steve Easterbrook stepped in and became CEO. And that company, I mean, you could look at McDonald's and just think to yourself, well, that's a fine dividend payer, mm-hmm. but the stock's not going to appreciate mm-hmm. much. And he's done gangbusters with them. And that's part, like if, if it came out next month that Els was leaving Chipotle and Steve Easterbrook was taking over. I would be throwing a parade. <laughs> um, but uh, on the flip side, um, I go back to one of the old foolish maxims of when do you sell? Mm-hmm. And one of the times you sell is when you think you have a better place for your money. And uh, I need to figure out if I have a better place for my money. Yeah, talk to Eric Bleeker. <laughs> yeah, or Jeff Fisher, <laughs> Jeff or Bill Fisher, Mann, yeah, or any, David Gardner. Folks here, yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, Taylor Markman, thanks for being here. Cheers, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>